It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of, of Lockdown Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Miami Heat. There is not a whole lot to talk about there, but there is a lot more to talk about on the back end as the Magic have reached a nice little pause in their season, facing a little bit of an identity crisis, facing a little bit of the question, the big questions that a lot of us are asking about this Magic team and their future, and perhaps still giving a little bit of a hope that things aren't as bad as they seem. We'll talk a little bit about that, all that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Magic, but if you don't know already, you should know by now that if the Magic aren't your team or you're just curious about any other team in the NBA, there's a Locked on podcast covering that team. No matter who you're interested in learning more about in the NBA, there's a Locked on podcast covering the team from a local expert who knows their team best. Whether you want the Miami Heat's perspective of tonight's game from a Locked on Heat or to look ahead to Saturday's game against the Miami Heat with... Locked On Heat, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. For more perspective, of course, on Kobe Bryant, the big national story in the NBA, check out Locked On Lakers. Um, If you've been following the uh, Locked On podcast network on Instagram, which you can, I I believe it's a Locked On NBA network. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I should be better prepared for this stuff. Um, Locked On NBA Net, if you follow Locked On NBA Net, they've posted links to Every Locked On NBA podcast from Monday, at the very least, on their Instagram story, every single, and I I mean, this is how big Kobe Bryant's story was, every single podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, every single NBA podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network uh, did a a retrospective on Kobe Bryant. So 
No matter how you want to hear about Kobe Bryant, you can find a Locked On podcast for you, again, from local experts who know their team best. Plus, we've got great national podcasts in Locked On NBA, as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. No matter which sport you're interested in, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or colleges too, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic just didn't have it Monday night against the Miami Heat. I, I really, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any other way to say it. Um, they, they got housed. Um, just really from just almost from start to finish, the Heat put a blitz on them early, went up by 16 in the second quarter. Magic cut that lead down to six. They, they had some good energy, and and honestly, I watched the game back, and the defense wasn't. As bad as I thought, but the amount of time the Magic played good defense in this game was was very short. Um, and and as was noted on the broadcast, and, and certainly seemed true, as the Magic continued to struggle offensively, their defensive effort and attention to detail got worse and worse and worse and worse. And essentially, this was a game the Magic gave themselves no chance to win. I get all credit to the Miami Heat for winning the game and, and playing defense that frustrated the Magic and. And, you know, working the ball around to get good shots. I mean, the Heat did whatever they wanted. They took this game, and they won it convincingly as they should have. This was a game where the Magic beat themselves because they didn't play like the Orlando Magic. They didn't play like themselves. It it honestly goes beyond the fact that Nikola Vucevic was 5 for 15 or that Evan Fournier was 3 for 13 or Terrence Ross couldn't hit a 3 or Aaron Gordon was, you know, kind of the same generic half-efficient, half-not-efficient play that, that he has. It's, it's, it's not about the offense to me. It, it, it's, it's, I, I, I know the Magic have a bad offense, and, and they were expected to have a bad offense. And, and so it's not... That part isn't surprising anymore. I, I don't care. I mean, obviously the Magic need to score. I, I, I'd rather get to the point where the Magic are losing games because they're missing shots. And, you know, the, the Clippers game, to some extent, that's what happened. The Magic missed shots. The Clippers made theirs, and they have Kawhi Leonard, so they could, you know, beat good defense. And that's what it came down to. I mean, even in this game, the Magic aren't turning the ball over. So, you know, people know me as an optimist. I, I do see signs that, that things aren't as bad as they seem. And I'll get to some of that coming up here uh, a little bit later on in the show. But what cannot happen with this team is they cannot be this poor defensively. They're giving up 113 points, 120 uh, offensive rating, uh, fouling three-point shooters on multiple occasions, which had Steve Clifford specifically uh, specifically angry, uh, and just generally not playing physically or 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 intent defensively. Um, you know, the, the, just the, the intention wasn't there to play good defense. Really, from the beginning, Orlando gave up drives to the lane. Nikola Vucevic was playing very soft on Bam Adebayo, and Adebayo torched him from the perimeter for it. It is every, I mean, and it's been this way for a while. It's been this way for, certainly since the end of the West Coast trips and since the Lakers game, honestly. Um, the Lakers game, probably the last nice win, that the, really nice win that the Magic had. I mean, the Hornets game was, was a good win. But, um, you know, those are really the only two wins the Magic have had in the last nine games, I think. Um, but, that, that just... The defensive intensity has not been where it needs to be. Um, it, and, and it just defies really any legitimate explanation because at the end of the day, the thing that the Magic can control most, the thing that can get them the most level of success 
is their defense. And again, the Magic were down by 16 in the second quarter in this game. And all of a sudden, from the seven-minute mark of the second quarter, let's say, to the end of the first half, the Magic's defense was really good. Um, you know, I, you know I, I watched the game live, and then I tend to watch the, the midnight showing on Fox Sports Florida. Uh, and, you know, I, I came into it expecting the defense to be really bad, and I, I felt like the defense was really bad on my first watch. But there were, like, pockets of play where the Magic's defense was really good, and, and none more so than that second quarter when the Magic cut the lead down to six and, and looked like they were going to make it a game. As I wrote in my grades post on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, the Magic had the momentum heading into the locker room. It, it felt like, okay, they, they whatever was wrong with them, they, they found their energy and they figured it out for a little while. Or, and they could at least make this game competitive. Maybe not win it, but make it competitive. And they came out of the locker room and just laid an egg. All that defensive energy and intention went out the window. And, you know, I, I know I, I, I wrote this and, and said this after the Magic lost to the Golden State Warriors a few weeks back. The Magic just are not getting what they need from their start from their starting unit right now, and especially from their most key offensive players and, and their key players in general. Nikola Vucic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and, and Terrence Ross are not giving the Magic anything close to what they need. Vucic is putting up numbers, but doing so inefficiently. Fournier's shooting has come back down to earth. He's shooting around 42% in January. Terrence Ross, you know, is, has that green light and is... is, is using it to its fullest and missing a ton of shots in the process. You know, again, Aaron Gordon's kind of what he is at this point, at least at least for this season. And the Magic, are suffer- their offense is obviously suffering for it, but now it's affecting their defense. They're not keeping scores low. They're letting teams kind of run on them. They're, they're getting out, out-muscled on the glass. They're doing none of the things that make their defense successful. Sure, again, there are pockets where they're scrambling really well, and as bad as the starters have play, played, all credit to the bench unit. The bench unit does not have any scoring. But that group, you know, even with Terrence Ross out there, Wesa Wundu, Michael Carter-Williams, Mo Bamba, they're playing their tails off right now to just keep this team a little bit afloat, to give this team a little bit of a chance. But... It's still about the starting unit getting them across the finish line. And the starting unit gave up a, I think it was a 14-4 run or an 18-4 run off the top of the third quarter, turning that six-point deficit into a 20-point deficit that the Magic never really challenged again. As Orlando tried to get back into the game, they were forcing shots. And against the zone defense, it was often one guy trying to get into the lane, trying to make something happen. And it, it's it whatever it is, it's just not working. Uh, and certainly the Heat closed things down and made it that much more difficult for the Orlando Magic. Um, the Heat win the game uh, 113-92. to Blowout win. Deserved to be a blowout win. They score 59 points in the second half. They score 54 in the first half. Orlando at 44-48. Or 48 in the first half, 44 in the second half. Again, it's... I, I honestly don't care. I mean, obviously, Magic needs to score more than 92 points. they they got to make shots at one, at some point. But games need to come down to whether the Magic make or miss shots. And right now, you know, I think, and this I think is the most frustrating thing that Steve Clifford is expressing here. Right now, we're worried about, is the defense going to show up? 
And this is a team that knows they can play top-level defense. This is a team that knows that they can be really, really good on that end, and that, that can save them. That can create easy offensive opportunities because they can get out in transition. Orlando had 12 fast break points, second, 16 second chance points. They, they, they did do good things. They only turned the ball over seven times. Orlando is still doing some really encouraging things. But without their best players playing well, which is certainly not happening, and without their defense, this team is really spinning its wheels. And, you know, we're, at, we're, we're almost a week to the trade deadline. We'll talk a little bit more about the trade deadline here uh, coming up in the next few days uh, with, with the time off that the Magic have now. With the trade deadline coming, yeah, those, those future questions are, are, are on the horizon and, and in everyone's mind. And so it makes sense then that, yes, as the Magic enter this mini break, and it's much needed. This team is facing an identity crisis. And unfortunately for the Magic, with the way that they've played lately, they've turned what might have been a little mini identity crisis that, that could answer, that, that could help them answer some big long term questions. They turned it into a question of survival in the playoffs. So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day but first, let's run through that final box score for you real fast. Uh, again, the Orlando Magic fall the Miami Heat 113-92. to now, Like I said, it, it, it feels like a broken record. Team is not giving really the attention to detail and, and focused defensive effort that they need. They're not playing with a ton of offensive force. The Magic's start best players. Again, whatever you think about the Magic's best players, and, and I know there's a lot of discussion right now about Nikola Vucevic and his future with the team and Evan Fournier and his future with the team and, you know, even Aaron Gordon and his future with the team and, and what the Magic should do because the trade deadline is coming and, and, I, and I don't mean to push it aside. I've kind of ignored it a little bit here, um, but I, I'm, I'm just personally not convinced the Magic are going to do very much at the deadline, uh, especially now that, that they've, they've struggled a little bit here. Um, but, you know, the, these big questions are pressing and do matter, but I also think that the, the magic, uh, what they have to do is get the most out of the players that, they're, they, that they have. And, and certainly, you know, I know my vision of what this team could be and what this team needs to do is different than a lot of people. Um, the bottom line is the magic still have to, uh, the magic are underperforming. Um, no matter, no matter, I, honestly, no matter which way you cut it, um, even if, I don't believe that they could get to the sixth seed, even if they were performing to the way that we all expected them to perform. If they were, say, a 500 team, they're, they're 21 and 27 now, so that would put them at, what, 24 and 24. Even if they were sitting at 24 and 24 right now, um, I, I, I don't think they'd be competing for the sixth seed. So I, I think there's a clear line beneath them. And so we'd be asking these questions anyway, even if the Magic were playing at the level that we expected them to play at. Um, you know, maybe not the most optimistic level, but the realistic level. Um, but 
it's a broken record with a lot of the struggles the Magic are going through right now at this moment. Nikola Vucevic leads the team in scoring. Uh, two players lead the team in scoring, but I'll start with Nikola Vucevic. 13 points, 5 for 15 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, the rebounding's fine. Vucevic is a good rebounder. Um, one of the best rebounders, uh, statistically at least by raw counting numbers, one of the best rebounders in the league. I, I still think that's incredibly valuable. I think I don't think there's anyone else on the team that does what he does on the glass. So um, I, I'll preface it with that. 13 points, not the most impressive offensive number. Um, two for five from beyond the arc. I, I I'm, I think it, I, I am of the opinion that the Magic are misusing Nikola Vucevic. Um, I don't I don't like how much he's hanging around the three point line. I'd like to see him get more in the post. I'd like to see them space the floor a little bit better for him so he can get the ball in the post. Um, but even then, it may not matter because a lot of the problems that Vucevic has right now, um, it's about efficient shooting. He's got to make shots. Uh, this team desperately needs him to make shots. And if he's not making shots, again, his usefulness goes down a lot. Um, you know, what, 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 you know, he's a, I don't think he's a bad defender. I think people give him, you know, give him uh, a hard time for his defense because he's not a shot blocker. He's not a rim protector. He's not someone that's going to go out and make a defensive play. His defense is all about positioning and making the shot as tough as possible, not necessarily changing or stopping said shot. And, and I think they're, I do agree there is something to that. If the Magic, if if Mo Bamba becomes what we think Mo Bamba can become, that changes the Magic's defense, especially with Jonathan Isaac there, someone who is a player who can make defensive plays. Um, but Vucevic just is struggling to make shots. Everything feels rushed. I, I honestly, uh, you know, and, and I'll say this about Evan Fournier too, who also had a really difficult game, nine points, three for th- 13 shooting, one for seven from beyond the arc, four rebounds, eight assists. Um they're both trying too hard to do things on their own. They're, I think their idea is right. They know the team is struggling offensively. They feel like they're the ones, they have the ownership of this team, and they do. They do have ownership of this team. Um, they're the, they feel like I feel like they're the ones that feel they have to take over games and get things going. Uh, and unfortunately, doing that, as well-intentioned as it might be, or as it seems to me at least, takes the team completely out of their offense. It's too much isolation ball. It's too much mid-range. It's too much kind of mid-range shooting where the, when the team isn't really set for it. It's not getting open shots. It's not moving the ball. Both Vucevic and Fournier have to work better in, in space and under pressure. Vucevic has really struggled with the double teams he's seen this year and, and, and just seems to be rushing a lot of his shots. And that's just not going to get the job done. And, and, and obviously, you know, Vucevic still gets his good looks, uh, especially on jumpers, off-screen and rolls and and all that, but everything just feels forced and rushed. And Fournier missed some open shots tonight. Um, just missed some wide open threes that he's got to make. But I think he's also settling. I, I think everyone is settling for threes. The Magic have 37 three-pointers in this game. I really think the Magic's ideal for three-point field goal attempts. Obviously, if you're open, take more. But I think the Magic's ideal for three-point field goal attempts is 30. I, I felt that way last year. You know, maybe it's 31 or 32 this year. But I, I really think the Magic have to do a better job being smarter with their three-point looks. The stats are showing us. Um, you know, Vucevic is you know, Vucevic is missing open threes. Uh, I think he needs to take fewer. He's he's at a career high, I think three point seven or, you know, he's he's up at some astronomical three point field goal three point number. And unless he, you know, you know, maybe it's a prelude to what he's going to do this summer. If he becomes a forty percent three point shooter like Brook Lopez did a few a few summers ago, then he becomes a whole lot more valuable as a shooter um, than he does a post-up player. And and so maybe if, if this is a step in that process, then fine, I can live with it. Um, but, you know, we don't know at this point whether it is. And 
and and Vucevic is just not shooting effectively. Fournier just kind of he's fallen back to earth after that hot after the strong first half of the season. Terrence Ross, eleven points, four for fourteen shooting, three for ten from beyond the arc. Again, broken record with him. He's got the green light to shoot. He shoots it a lot. You you live and die with it, and, and the Magic are dying with it. I, I really want to see uh, Ross be smarter with the shot selection, especially. I, I just I, I'm just I'm I'm just. I'm just not a fan of the shots that he's taking. I don't mind him taking a bad shot here or there, or what most would call a bad shot, um, when they're in rhythm. Right now, they don't seem very much in rhythm, and I think his better looks are coming off transition, or, or frankly, when he's cutting shallower, when he's not cutting to the three-point line or curling to the three-point line, he's curling to the elbow area. I think he's found a lot of success there as well. Aaron Gordon, 13 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 7 rebounds, uh, 1 block. I, I thought Aaron. I thought Aaron had an okay game. Um, I thought early on he didn't establish his defense really well. I thought he allowed Jimmy Butler to get uh, a little bit too much penetration and and kind of warp the Magic's defense a little bit. Um, but I think he got better as the game went on. Um, you know, I think the second quarter his defense was key to getting the lead down to six. I thought his offense was pretty good. Um, I thought he took good shots, but again, it just it, it just got to a point where everyone was just trying way too hard uh, to to save the team themselves. Um, and and I think you know obviously uh, when you're down in a big hole, someone's got to step up and do something, but. Um, unfortunately, I think it's it's not always uh, the right way to do things. Markel Fultz, a nice game, 12 points, 7 assists, uh, 5 for 12 shooting. Uh, the shooting is definitely still a struggle for him. Um, you know, I don't think the Magic are in full kind of rebuild mode, but it still stands to reason. Give him the ball, let him work, let him create might be the best way for this Magic team to break their offensive funk. It, it may not be through Fournier or Vooch. It probably is by giving Fultz the ball more, and I would hope during the next few practices, the Magic, you know, kind of get their legs back under them and, and and give Fultz a little bit more control. Some nice performances off the bench worth noting. Wessa Wundu, six points, two for five, shooting both on, all of it on threes, shooting very confidently. Um, he's he's put together some nice games. I thought defensively he was okay too. Mo Bamba, a second straight, very nice game, ten points, made all three of his shots, both of his three pointers, three rebounds, two blocks. Um, still out of position a little bit, fouled. Um, you know, had a couple of fouls that 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 weren't good fouls, just kind of being late to a spot. But uh, he is he is getting better. Um, and I think I think the last two games we've seen some kind of tangible proof of that. Um, so uh, again, a really nice game for Mobamba. Honestly, the brightest spot of the game was was that Mobamba uh, had another another good game for this team. So I'm uh, really really happy. Uh, with his development, I, I've, I've kind of said that, and he only did it in 1240. He, he did not play very much in this game. Um, but I've been very happy with Mo's development, um, and, and I'm glad to see it show up on the court a little bit here in, in, in a bit. Um, the Magic shoot 37.1% from the floor, just 11 for 37. That's 29.7% from beyond the arc. They get 11 offensive rebounds. They score a, a ton of second-chance points, turn the ball over only over only uh, six times, as I said, seven times a couple team turnovers. Um, so 16 second-chance points off those offensive rebounds. Seven turnovers, only six Miami points. So Orlando protecting the ball. I mean, one. it's honestly the big issue is just the Magic aren't hitting shots. Um, and so they got to work to get better shots. They got to work to move with the pass. They got to. They can't drive too deep. They just got to be a little bit smarter with their shot selection and their execution overall, and, and use their defense to create offense. And so, you know, I, I would honestly say the biggest problem for the Magic right now is their defense is just slipping so considerably. Miami shoots fifty three point two percent from the floor, fourteen for twenty eight from beyond the arc. They got wherever they wanted. They dribbled wherever they wanted. They passed to whoever they wanted. They hit three point shot shots like it was nobody's business. Um, it was just a, a bad game for the Magic overall. Bam Adebayo, a triple-double with 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. 
Duncan Robinson with 21 points, six three-pointers. Tyler Hero with 13 points scoring. Dragic with 14 points on four three-pointers. Jimmy Butler with 19 points, seven assists. Uh, the Heat with 31 assists on 42 field goal makes that as an incredible ratio. Orlando just 20 had 23 assists on 33 field goals. So again, when the Magic moved the ball, they were able to get good shots. They were able to get, get shots that, that they could make. They just weren't moving the ball effectively and, and often enough to, to take advantage. The Miami Heat defeat the Orlando Magic 113-92 at American Airlines Arena. Magic off until Saturday. Thank God. This team needs a break. I need a break. Magic off until Saturday when they will face the Miami Heat again. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, obviously... Steve Clifford was really angry at the end of this game. If, if he didn't catch it, Clifford essentially said that, that this was an unprofessional performance from his team. That they were, that their attention to detail was so poor, you know, their, their effort generally was so poor, that they were making mistakes that he wouldn't expect his junior high team to make. That's, uh, and, and, you know, I would honestly say that this was about as bad as the Magic have played all year. They're just, again, lack of attention to detail on defense. Just, you know, they fouled, I think, four shooters on three-point shots, which is just inexcusable. Um, they, you know, their defense, which is their backbone, is, is slipped considerably. The Magic are obviously in a huge losing streak, having lost six of their last eight games, I believe. Or seven of their last nine, actually, I, I, I might be. Um, they... They are obviously struggling offensively, but their defense has struggled considerably too, giving up uh, giving up more than 110 points per 100 possessions in, I think it's something like eight of their past nine games. So again, the formula the Magic use to win games right now is broken. You know, Clifford often says there is a way we have to play if we want to win games. If this team wants to win games, there is a way that they have to play. And the Magic aren't doing that. For really lack of any term whatsoever, the Magic aren't playing Magic basketball. It's inexcusable. Because at the end of the day, when you're at your worst, when you're dealing with all the the things the Magic are dealing with, with the injuries, with the fatigue, and the fatigue I think is very real. When you're dealing with all of that, when you're dealing with all of that, you have to have something to fall back on. And right now, the Magic are falling back on, you know, what they hope. You know, Nikola Vucevic's consistency, Evan Fournier's shooting and playmaking, the, um, the their defense, their, their top ten defense, still top ten defense in the league for the seat for the entire season. And actually, in the month of January, they have the fourth best defense in the in the league. 
So it's not like they can't do it. It's not like they aren't capable. They know that they are a better defensive team. But they're simply not performing to that level right now. And of course, the results show that. As I mentioned after the loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder last Wednesday, so a week ago, almost a week ago now, this is likely the low point of the Magic season. This is likely as bad as things are going to get. Their 21 and 27 record, their six games under 500, is the worst they've, the, the furthest under 500 they have been all year. Their lead over the Brooklyn Nets for seventh in the East is down to a half game. Their lead over the Chicago Bulls for the final playoff spot in the, in the Eastern Conference is down to two and a half games. You know, they had a chance, perhaps, to put some distance between them and the pack, and now they find themselves in a fight. Just okay. Uh, still, still a lot of games left to be played, but the focus shouldn't be on that. I mentioned that just to just to show how things have shifted in the last couple of weeks. The focus is not on that. The focus is on the magic themselves and how they can make themselves better and how they can get back to the way that they were playing and the way that they know they can play. Success creates expectations. And obviously last year making the playoffs has created the expectation that at the very least the Magic do the same. And to many, they wanted to see the Magic take, make progress and take the next step. And there was indeed some national buzz suggesting that, oh, the Magic are about to take the leap. Magic are about to become one of the sneaky contenders in the East. That was maybe, a, that was maybe always a pipe dream, but the thought was out in the universe. And instead the Magic you know, through 48 games now, have found themselves struggling to really define themselves. Through 48 games, we can certainly say, and again, I I said this off the top, even under modest expectations, the Magic have underperformed. I can say, say fully that I believe this Magic team is better than last year's team, all things considered. But they are not playing up to that standard. And the question is, how do we get back there? Can this team get back there? Can this team live up to its potential? At least as constructed. And again, maybe the question lurking in the background is, what is that potential ultimately? Look, I'm not going to lie. I think this team is exhausted. They just finished playing nine games in 15 days. They just finished playing 18 games in 33 days. They've had they've had consecutive days off, so more than two so two days, at least two days between games, just once since December 27th, since Christmas, essentially. And that was a pair of days in Sacramento. They have not been home in their bed. I mean, they, they, they had the home stand, obviously, but they've not been at home with a chance to get multiple days of practice since Christmas. They've barely had time to practice since the beginning of the month, really since Christmas. And, you know, the one thing that, that, that happens when you don't practice is your fundamental slip. The things that the coach can focus on and a shoot around and a walkthrough just to save legs for games is completely different. 
And the time is limited. You kind of focus on plugging holes in the dam. And so the Magic just haven't had the time to, to catch their breath almost. Then, you know, not to mention the Heat have been waiting since Friday at home. The Hornets, you know, the Magic beat the Hornets in a really, really nice win. That, that, that's still a really nice win. The Hornets were sitting there since went for, for nearly five days. So, if, I'm, if, if it doesn't sound like I'm panicking, it's because we always knew this was the toughest part of the schedule. That January was going to be extremely difficult. And honestly, I felt the Magic schedule had to go this way. The Magic had to get off to a fast start. They certainly did not do that. I thought they were tailor-made to get off to a fast start. And if they were going to compete for the 5, 6, 4 seed area, they would have to get out to a fast start in that first month of the season. They did not do that. And from there, you could go you could go back into August and listen to listen listen to me discuss the schedule. From there, it was about survival to the end of January. Get to this moment today. Because the Magic are done in January. Finished uh seven and eight in January. Which, by the way, is their best January since Dwight Howard left. So they didn't kill themselves. They survived. They got to the end of January, and now the schedule lightens up. Really, in March especially, the schedule is much more manageable for this team especially. That is to say, on paper, the Magic look like they'll be able to make another run. And if there is, again, another piece of solace that, A, the Magic control, control their own destiny. They hold the keys to the seventh seed right now. It is theirs to do with what they want. They can certainly give it away. But they hold the keys. They've got games in hand on Brooklyn. They've got, you know, the half game lead on Brooklyn. They got the two and a half game lead on the Bulls. They've got cush. They had cushion to play with. They played with it. Certainly, you want to see them play the hammer down. I'll get to that here in a minute. But this time last year, we sat here on January thirty first last year. I know it's January twenty eighth, but the Magic won't play again. We sat here January 31st at 20 and 32, thinking the season was lost just a week before the deadline. And look what Orlando did with a very similarly set up schedule. Orlando still got a, at least two games against the Knicks to look forward to, including one next, including one next week. So again, this is all to say that the Magic are in a rut, they're in a low point. Things look really, really bad right now. But all the tools are there for them to pull themselves out. But it's ultimately up to them to do it. They survived this rocky part of the schedule. They survived all these injuries to put themselves in playoff, in pole position. And now it's just about taking the next step. Now... It's about their players getting the job done. It's about their players stepping up and being who we thought they were. Again, the Magic control their own destiny here. They need Nikola Vucevic to step back up and and play at his consistent level. They need Evan Fournier back shooting effectively. They need Terrence Ross shooting effectively. They need Aaron Gordon 
to play defense and, and be a little bit more offensive-minded. They need to space the floor better for Markel Fultz. They, they, they need to do all these things. And they've proven throughout this year that they can do them. Consistency's eluded them. That's what 500 teams do. But they've proven that they can do it. They've proven that they can be the playoff team that they are currently in the standings. And now that they'll have a chance to take a breath, have a few practices, kind of get their mind and their bodies right again, they have a chance to take off running once again, like they did last year in February. But again, it's not guaranteed, not in the least, because the Magic have played this poorly too. They've looked like a team that does not deserve a playoff race, a team that is sinking fast. And that brings us to next Thursday, the trade deadline. Because yes, the Magic, past the midway point of the season, are, are having a little bit of an identity crisis, are struggling with some of the most basic things that are necessary for their, for their wins. And even through fatigue, they should be better defensively. Even with all the fatigue, with all the games played, this stuff, the kind of effort they need to give, the, the way they need to play, should be ingrained in them. And, you know, unfortunately, maybe the, the pressure is not too much, but the pressure is bending them in ways that they weren't expecting. It's, it's certainly different to chase than to, than to be ahead. The Magic are ahead. Magic hold the keys. They're not chasing anything right now. And so I think the pressure to live up to internal expectations is, yeah, is is bending this team in, in some unexpected ways. But we also are cognizant that this isn't the big picture. The big picture isn't to finish as the seventh seed. The big picture is to start competing for championships at some point in the future, to, to take that next step, to compete for home court advantage, to, to, to compete for something more real. And yes, it does feel that if the team is struggling in this way, again, fatigue and all that, whatever, if the team is struggling in this way, then perhaps they've reached their ceiling. And again, I, I think that's important to find out. I think that is empowering for the front office. Again, it's maybe obvious, but I do think that that, is, that gives the front office a more clearer directive of what they need to do to, get, to make this team better because... It's all about developing the young guys. It's all about Isaac Fultz and, and Bamba and Gordon to some extent. And fostering their growth in a winning environment. That's what this team is all about. And they don't want to get stuck where they are. And so there are big questions. And, and, and I think a lot of fans are asking the right questions. And coming honestly, you know, maybe honestly coming to the right conclusions. That... You know, this team has some very fundamental flaws that will take some very fundamental changes to correct. And, and I would always say that finding the right return is the mission now for, for those pieces, for those players. And I don't know if you find that at the trade deadline. At Evan Fournier's contract situation certainly looms large. But there is certainly a lot to digest right now. 
The bottom line is, at least for the next week until that trade deadline comes, until some of the, maybe some of those questions get answered. The bottom line is the Magic have to get back to who they are. The Magic have to take care of their business. The Magic have to find their identity again. That hard-nosed, energetic, defensive team. If they do that, they will be fine. If they will do that, they will have survived this January, this January gauntlet. And will probably come out more solidly in the playoffs than they were last year because the East is worse. And, you know, honestly, to me, that would be a sign of small, of incremental progress, which is, I think, which is, of course, I think what is most important at this point. But it's not guaranteed. A softer schedule, a little more break, a chance to reset your battery does not guarantee anything. And so the success or failure of this season now is all up to the Magic themselves. Before we close out, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Orlando Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Orlando Magic fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Again, and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled list device. I'm trying to switch iTunes out because that don't, no longer exists, but it just rolls off the tongue better than Apple Music. That, that's just me. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, again, at philiprr underscore md. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.